Guys, welcome to our 200th episode. 200th episode! Of Dude Cinema, slash the ladies' guide to Dude Cinema. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could probably, you've read the title. Obviously, you're not crazy. Mm. This week, we have a huge guest, Mr. Will Anderson. So exciting, you guys. And he was such an angel and stuck around for so long. Yes. So this episode was so big and so massive, which is what we wanted for our 200th, that we've split it into two parts to keep the celebrations going. Woo! So we've got part one for you today, which is what you're listening to right now. If you'd want to listen to part two, you can head over to our gold class that is available for you right freaking now, or you can hang around till next week for part two. But either way, here is part one of our chat about Groundhog Day with Mr. Will Anderson. We would like to acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to elders both past and present. This is the Dude Cinema Podcast. But I was just like scrolling through it like nerds, 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 like I don't care. <laughs> Movie shaming needs to stop. Obviously a dude wrote this script. These teeth aren't friends and I'm like, I'm about it. I honestly think that this movie should just be called Red Flags. <laughs> Let me miles tell you. Fuck you, Stanley Kubrick. This is the Dude Cinema Podcast. My name is Beck Charwood and with me is my gorgeous, talented co-host, Alex J. This is the podcast where we watch all the movies that dudes just can't believe we haven't seen. And this week we are joined by a very esteemed guest. We've been chasing him down. We finally tackled him to the ground, dragged <laughs> him into the studio, and he's here. Welcome, comedian. TV personality, hero, um, <laughs> Will Anderson, everyone. You started that sentence and lost control of the world, did you? I got nervous. It became real of what was happening and I was like, no, 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 You're no, like, no. What no. if I miss something? Yeah, I said I would come on the show, but I wanted it to be a special anniversary. I was like 200. Yeah. Right? 200, that felt right. That like, you know, 300 it. felt like will the world still be around? Yes. 200 felt like we could lock it in. So I'm, I'm, it's nice to be here. Thank Yay. you for letting me join the podcast. Thank you for joining us on Yes, like you said, our 200th episode. This is the 200th dude movie we have watched. Yeah, we never thought we would make it this far. Genuinely didn't. We genuinely Can you believe there's that many movies that are basically made for dudes? <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought? We didn't know. We were like, we'll be out by 50. Yeah. We'll be done and dusted. It's what, Top Gun and Indiana Jones, right? Like, that's it. The execs will hear the podcast and be like, our behaviour is problematic and yeah. we will stop it. Yeah, we'll definitely address it. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I bet Top Gun Maverick will... Address all the pre-existing problems with the original guys. Oh, maybe they did listen because we did like Top Gun Maverick. We did love Top Gun Maverick. But not for the same reasons I think a lot of men like Top Gun Maverick. (laughs) (laughs) We were horny. (laughs) Did you get horny over Mars Teller, Will? Did you join us in that? No, no. Look, I I don't want to get bogged down because I know we're not here to talk about that. But what I will say is... That I I, I want to go to Rooster, uh, baby goose, uh, Gooster. <laughs> I want boyfriend. Yeah, I want to like give him a little hug and say it's okay. You don't need to be your dad. Uh, <laughs> I know he's dead, but you don't need to replace him. It's the same advice I want to give to Bob Irwin. It's okay, mate. You can have your own life. You don't need to dress like him. You don't need to act like him. The world will be fine if you just make your own choices. Yeah. Oh my god. I remember watching. <laughs> you can play piano. Just don't you learn Great Balls of Fire. There just are other songs. Just have a new song. There's so many other. I mean, 
mean, that one's problematic. That dude yeah. married a 13-year-old. So yeah. anyway. <laughs> oh, my God. It's dudes in a mechanic. Someone's got to marry a 13-year-old. Started with Indiana Jones. <laughs> it's only up from there. And this is what I like about Jerry Lynn Lewis, I will say, that, like, you know, he really distracted from the fact he married his cousin, which normally would be the talking point. What? Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, got, he had seven marriages, abused them all, by the way, so <gasps> great guy. Busy but boy. marriage number three was to his cousin, but no one really talks about the fact she was his cousin because what they are distracted by was the fact that she was 13. <gasps> so, yeah. Anyway, what? good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, learn that song, <laughs> Rooster. <laughs> Make sure that's your party piece in the bar. <laughs> That'd be your father's legacy. <laughs> anyway, now here's to Michael Jackson. I only do pedophile songs. That's what I'm into. If he wanted to keep up to date, he should have done like uh, a Maroon 5 song. Yeah, yeah true. Yeah. Bring it really into the 22nd right, yeah. century. You guys, like, you guys like R. Kelly? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we love Toko Maverick. Yeah. Great, great movie. We really do. Um, okay, so shall we talk about the movie that has brought us here today? Yes. Will, you have brought us the movie Groundhog Day. Mm. Sorry, Mr. Bill Murray. What is your history with this film? Why did you bring this to us today? Uh, well, I look, you know, I must say that I did say to you, this is the only problem with me putting this off for so long, <laughs> is in that period of time, Bill Murray has Bummer. become a lot more problematic <laughs> than he was when I first yeah. suggested it. <laughs> <laughs> if you wait long enough, everyone becomes everyone problematic. So you yeah. got to, yeah. sometimes if you like someone, you better get it early. I've yeah. learned my lesson for next time. <laughs> so. Are you listening, Natalie Portman? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So. Now, that would be the biggest twist of all, wouldn't it? If, like, suddenly Natalie Portman was problematic. Like, she seems like the least likely person in the entire world yeah. to be problematic in any way. I have, like, my top three people mm. that if they became problematic would just, I'd, mm. like, quit the industry and everything. And now I've got four. Yeah. Natalie Portman's one of them. I feel like that would be it for me, just going, okay. I mean, look, I, the truth is that everyone is a little bit problematic. That's of, of course. Like, I, I mean, part of the problem is our expectations that they're not. Mm-hmm. Is Like, mm. really, we set these unrealistic expectations for people that no one can mm. ever realistically live up to. But then there's, you know, some other real shit that we need to talk yeah, about yeah, yeah. and deal people with. People who run over that yeah. line though, don't they? <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, not saying it's a big hug of forgiveness for everybody, guys. Like, or a consensual hug of forgiveness yeah. at the very least. But, um, yeah, I know this would be one of my top five favourite movies of all time. Cool. Like, I mean, both, like, in the structure of it, like, just mm-hmm. as a comedy movie, like, I just admire the – I find the structure of it incredibly comforting. Just as a comedy professional, a comedy writer, I think the way that the movie is made, mm. I think is – because there would be – in the hands of a less skilled you know, filmmaker, it would be – just a much more clumsy premise. Yes. Like, yeah, everyone knows the premise of Groundhog Day. The way that the actual movie is structured to me is incredibly comforting. I think it's just such a competently made movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, from start to finish, you know, mm-hmm. it's one of those ones that you watch and you go, yep, everything's here for a reason. Yeah. And there's nothing here that you shouldn't finish, be like, here. That was closure. Yeah. Okay, yeah, get that. Nice. And the other thing is that it grapples with some incredibly big themes mm. for a comedy movie. Yeah. yeah. And it mostly comes down eventually on the right side of those things. Like it challenges, you know, it takes you to some sort of dark and horrible places first. Mm. Like and I think the more you watch it through today's prism, the more you realise how dark and horrible some of those places are. But I think they're all real. Mm. Like you don't – I don't ever feel like the dark and horrible places are there just to – 
be fun shock. or to make fun of yeah. or to shock. Like you really feel like the process of the movie itself, you're like, yeah, this does feel like the process this character would go through. Yeah. And then, of course, once we get into like really talking about it, the biggest question of all in this movie, which I, yeah, let's not go to now, but we'll get to later, is how long was he there? And when you start to think about that in a real sense, mm. like it blows your mind. I did. And I've been doing that all so, morning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, it's one of those movies that I I, I didn't rewatch it specifically for this, mm. but I have rewatched it probably as at least in the last two months because oh, every, okay. about every sort of, you know, two to six months I will rewatch the movie just like I enjoy it and I always feel like I get something out of it. And mm. more than that, I always feel like I end up just continually thinking about it a lot afterwards. It's a sticker, uh, yeah. it's a It's yeah. one of those movies for me. Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, since I've watched it, I've just had more and more like things pop back into my head and be like, oh, I didn't think about that yeah. at the time. But that is very interesting mm. and just slowly – building a tumour inside my brain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little, little stinky Bill Murray tumour. Yeah, being like, oh, A grumpy really Bill like Murray No, no, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say that on that, you know, on that, like, you know, re-watching it, at least his character is, like, I mean, it doesn't change what you think about the character. The character is yeah. an unsympathetic character for mm. most of the movie. This mm-hmm. is the point. So going back to watch it, you're not spoiled by the fact that you think, oh, I... Like, he feels like maybe he's a bit of an asshole in real life in yeah. a whole bunch of ways. Mm. When you go back and watch this movie, you're like, yeah, maybe that's why you were so convincing <laughs> playing this asshole in this movie, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. flawless yeah. on entry. <laughs> <laughs> Stuck that landing. Yeah, damn. Beck, what's your history with this film? Have you seen it before today? Yes. I remember. I remember there was a period when I was like, 18 where I started to go through a lot of movies that were recommended to me and then pretending to like them to seem cool. I lied about Kill Bill 2 being my favourite movie for years, for Mm. years, Mm -hmm. and I hated it. (laughs) (laughs) But But, did you kiss some boys? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I love at the time that I was like, yeah, I'm tricking you. (laughs) 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 Meanwhile, the patriarchy's just like puppeting me the whole time, being like, yeah. Quinton's like, this is what I wanted. (laughs) Go, you third wave feminist. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know why I have a compulsion to like take a photo of my feet and send it to Quentin Tarantino. Oh, well, guess that's normal. (laughs) Um, But this was one of them and at the time I don't think I really like it felt like ticking off a thing on a list Mm -hmm. I didn't really enjoy it as a film so much as like wear it as a badge so it was good to go back and actually watch it and take it in because the term Groundhog Day is just something that's like a turn of phrase Mm. in itself now that's how big this film is yeah I had to look up where did that come from (laughs) was it the the movie Chicken or the Egg yeah Yeah, it was okay cool 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 cool, cool. (laughs) (laughs) because I would have felt so cheated if they just wrote a movie about the concept of Groundhog Day and I was like this is crazy (laughs) but I mean that is I think particularly yeah having come off the pandemic like it really was that thing that it was so often referenced to be like living our life in lockdown is like Groundhog Day. And Mm. I think that a movie has absolutely had a cultural like imprint when 
you know, it becomes the shorthand that we all understand what that means. You're oh, living yeah. that same Absolutely. day over and over. I'd never actually thought about the fact that Groundhog Day is a phrase that we all use just so normally and that it's based on a movie. I'd just never physically thought of that until this morning. <laughs> <laughs> and at the end of I'm the still credits really. rolling, just be like, huh, <laughs> wait, that's this movie's name. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on Hang a on. second. Alexia, <laughs> uh, oh, what is your history with this movie? Um, I used to love this movie. I definitely like this is one of my dad's favourite movies. This is a dad recommending to his daughter trying to get, trying to bond kind of movie growing up. So, yeah, watched this a lot with dad back in the day, but I hadn't seen it in like 10 years. So this morning was kind of like a re-first watch because I just I didn't I remembered it was funny and I remember Andy McDowell was like beautiful but then I didn't remember anything else so um, yeah definitely like was a bit blank slated this morning when watching it nice shall we jump in let's do it. Groundhog time. A thousand people freezing their butts off waiting to worship a rat. Weatherman Phil Connors is spending the day in Puxatawney, Pennsylvania. Phil? Ned! Ned Ryerson, I did the whistling belly button trick at the high school talent show. Bing! Bing! But Phil's about to find out. He's not just stuck in Puxatawney. Will you be checking out today, Mr. Connors? Chance of departure today, 100%. He's stuck... <laughs> in Groundhog Day. I'm reliving the same day over. He's having the worst day of his life, over and over. <laughs> yes. A nice Just quickly, though, yes. I don't know if that's the worst day of that guy's life. Yeah, actually. <laughs> it's a pretty mundane day. <laughs> that, anyway, sorry, anyway, anyway. <laughs> a narcissistic TV weatherman, along with his attractive but distant producer and mawkish cameraman, is sent to report on Groundhog Day in the small town of Puxatawney, where he finds himself repeating the same day over and over. Ah, okay, mawkish, sentimental in an exaggerated or false way. Okay, good. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, Will, in your words, how would you sum this movie up to someone who hasn't seen it? You ever heard of the expression Groundhog Day? It's like (laughs) uh, But like a movie. (laughs) Really, guys, it's true. I just learned this. (laughs) You know how in the pandemic you felt like every day was Groundhog Day? Well, you wouldn't believe it. There is a movie that is going to blow your mind. Uh, Word economy on that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it is a movie that in in some ways is easy to explain Mm. because that is the premise of the movie in some ways is that, uh, you know, a terrible person relives the same day over and over again. Um, initially giving in to their most terrible impulses and then eventually realising that, like, the only way out of this terrible situation is to, A, A, self-improvement and B, to, you know, dedicate their life to helping other people rather Mm. than helping themselves and that's really the journey. And that's, I think, the through line of the movie that appeals to me the most is it has, like, quite a Buddhist, I guess, you know, and I I believe that was really what was originally 
the idea behind it was this idea of like if you were to live the same day over and over again like you know what sort of torment and hell would that be and then like what lessons would you learn from mm. that experience like I don't I don't think that I originally when I first watched the movie I just thought it was funny yeah, yeah. like and you know it's so well executed like Har- Harold Ramis of course was the director of this movie who's like an incredible you know comedy mm. director one and, of the Ghostbusters <laughs> of course yeah. and um uh, you know and just a really brilliant director and you can tell like that his gift for comedy I mean the way that this movie is set out you have that you know it sets the original premise you have that like great thing of going here he is this is who this character is he's a real misogynistic asshole guy like it really you have this small um you know like cast which is like you know chris elliott the the mm. you know who's the cameraman and then you've got annie mcdowell doing what annie mcdowell basically did in every movie in that period of time <laughs> just be like whip her hair around yeah. and look gorgeous have that bounce, and those just bouncy curls managed to bring like i mean the thing about annie mcdowell in this film and i think like it's probably underrated which is that like the the, the film doesn't work without her character being strong because yeah, there yeah. is this central premise of it being a romantic comedy of sorts where eventually like he's going to win the girl and there's a movie um that um who's the four weddings and funeral director um oh. uh he made this movie called like after it was it was a time travel movie where like the guy kept going back in time and basically it was a bit similar to groundhog day in that like he learned how to you know win the affection of his like and i've always found that that is just gross yeah right? it's a gross <laughs> concept mm. you know and the like because basic Mike Newell because you're tricking someone into yeah into loving you oh, into loving totally you tricky. right yeah and what I love about Groundhog Day is it certainly explores that idea of that he tries to trick people into loving him mm. but eventually the idea of the movie is that that doesn't, doesn't work yeah like you know that it like but they've still got to resolve it like there is still a resolution which is them coupling up in some way and you're thinking how do you make that work Mm. like how can that character be both strong like Andy McDowell's character be both strong enough to resist him Mm. tricking her into loving him yeah and yet still be emotionally vulnerable enough that you can convincingly tell a story where you can eventually get the two of them together like it's it's quite a incredible performance that she manages to make both of those seem like they could realistically happen in something that is essentially a fantasy movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you get him, you get to see his journey. Yeah. But her, like, you know, so early in the movie, he tricks Mm. a bunch of women into sleeping with him, right? It's gross. It's horrible. Mm. But Very cool. (laughs) But it kind of makes sense in the way that it's happening in the film. Mm. There's a point where it feels like, that's exactly what he's going to be doing with her as yeah, well. He yeah. finds out all her favourite things mm. and he basically you get to the point where you're like, oh, here we go. This is how he does it. Yeah. And then there's a moment where she is able to be realised that she's being tricked mm. and yeah. that he just can't get past that. Yeah. And she – anyway, she, I think so she's really part. fantastic I, in this movie. Like, that's such a great point because he does have a journey and she yeah. has a journey but her journey is in the span of – one day, uh-huh. whereas his journey is a span of however long he's in yeah. this loop. Mm. But every day is resetting for her. So she's actually going through that journey within the space of mm. eight hours or something. And she's just met this guy and she's like, yeah, I thought, she, yeah, her performance was incredible to be able to react as well to all the different iterations of him, like with his mood and everything. I 
and but still maintain that this is the same day I just met him yesterday, and that she's the same person, and she's the same person, right? Yeah, still like, maintaining the same morals because he's values. not the same person. No, that's yeah. the whole point. The, the whole he point of the movie the is that he is not the same person mm. from day to day. He is not the same person, yeah. whereas she is mm. reset in the morning every yeah. morning as exactly the same person, mm. and she. Reacts with this different person every day, all in ways yeah. that feel entirely legitimate to totally. the character yeah. that she is portraying in the movie. Mm. It is an incredible performance when you think about it like that, you know, that she's managed to keep them all the same character, yeah. but yet react in all these different ways that all seem really authentic to that character. Yeah, totally. really. And that would have been really hard to pull off, like doing this, like same shocked reactions every single oh. time yeah. to his behaviour. I also really like that this movie follows the advice of RuPaul, RuPaul Charles. Of course. If anyone's confused. <laughs> uh, of like he has to learn to love himself yeah. before someone can love him. Mm. It, Very nice. And the movie structure itself is just incredible. So they play out the first initial scene. You get to see him go to the local town. You get yeah. to see Groundhog Day play out. And then you get to see, obviously, the day start to repeat. Mm. Mm. But what I love is just the way that they repeat the day. There are some beats that they go to every day. There are some beats that come in and out when mm. they're necessary to the storytelling. Yeah. And then eventually you find there's – because that, again, in the hands of a less skilled writer or director, mm. you would find this idea that it would eventually – you just see the same day played out again and mm. played out yeah. again. But what they then manage to do is they start to expand the universe as yeah. his – worldview goes from just seeing the day as these three major events and he starts to notice that there are actually other people in the world and there are other people in this town that he used to do, and they all have their own individual stories yeah. you as a movie viewer start to see that the town is populated by these people and these people aren't just characters in his day they are mm. people who have their Actual own stories people. and their own lives and and uh, they are affected by how they relate to him within that story i anyway i i Fucking love it. It's like it's it, like I just think as a comedian, like as someone who likes to see how comedy is structured, I think the yeah. structure of the movie is and so many incredible comedic performances. Like that's the uh, other thing. Yeah. Like I mean, the guy who plays Ned Ryerson, you know, Ned yes. the Head, um it's it's honestly one of the great, like annoying, you know, movie characters of all time. Yeah. But like yeah. manages to do this, like have this annoying regular character who still again you get painted as and I think this is the great thing that the movie does in general is you're not just seeing you know Bill Murray's character Phil Connors like become a more whole person mm. but we start to see all the different characters who were props for comedy early on in the film yeah also we get to see more and more about their lives like mm. the guy you know, the mayor of the local town has a wife and he's at this dinner and, like, uh, you know, the piano teacher also plays in a band. And, like, you know, the, you yeah. get to see that these people aren't just that one yeah. thing that we needed them for as a prop in mm. the early part of the film. They are actually people who have, you know, full lives of their own and had dreams and, yeah. you know, like, I mean, those sometimes quite sad touches about, like, a guy who lives in a small town who... You know, there's there's a moment really where like they're saying, it's imagine if you like, imagine right. if you lived every single day yeah. the same, and he's like, right. that is that how is I really live. Right. And you've got these, yeah, you know, you've got these two guys that like one of them he regrets, you know, leaving the navy because he could, at least could have got a pension for the rest of his life. You know, what I mean, yeah. like there is, yeah, there's real legitimate storytelling, like shorthand storytelling, mm. but. You know, like, you get to start to know who these characters are and what their dreams yeah. and hopes and aspirations are as well. And it's good for us to realise that, like, yeah, yeah, like you were saying, they were just comedy props, but it also definitely obviously speaks to the larger, like, 
just being a human being in the world thing. Like you walk down the street or like this guy cuts you off in traffic and you, that's all he is to you for forever. But he's got a whole backstory. Right. He's got a whole life. Mm. And this, because this is like 83, I imagine this is probably one of the first movies to really like delve into that like moral conundrum as well. Yeah. It's just that people you pass in the street have their own lives and we just don't know about them. But here's an opportunity to look further into these people that you just pass in the street. And it really is like from the perspective of a narcissist, which I think is a hard mm. genre of movie to find. Yeah. Where you actually and at the end you're like, journey. I actually quite like you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I- but like he needs to be, this is what I like about this movie is, which separates it from some of those other films that would use the same concept is, so I, this is where we have to talk about, I think, because I think this informs everything else. Yeah. How long do you think he was in there? Ooh. Oh, great question. I like. I would have said a few months until he learnt the piano. Yes, the piano was key for me too. The piano was key, key. for me too. Very uh. well <laughs> um, yeah, and then I was like, oh, fuck, I'm just, years, right? Yeah, yeah, I think at least two years. Yeah, I'm going to say around two. What about what, what do you, you think? think? So originally it was conceived to be 10,000 years. What? What? Someone's done the maths on what all the skills would take to learn oh, and whatever. Yeah. So around, they say around 34 years. No. So the original idea is, of course, that, and in oh the original God. script, like he's been tortured. Like, and the reason that he falls in love with her is he's, she's the only thing that gives him hope when he is in this eternal torture. But mm. think about 34 years, like, because that's how long it would take to do all the things that he's been able to do. How does and, he still get out of and bed? And also in that, well, yeah, yeah, this is assuming just, it's yeah. assuming that he did. Well, a lot of days he obviously sure, killed yeah, himself, true, right? Yeah. Because that's like they go there, like yeah. he, you yeah, know, they, they really talk do. about the idea that he killed himself. So imagine that. Mm. Imagine that you are mm. living the same day. That's like twelve thousand plus days of your life that you're living over and over and over again. So this is not like a charming movie about a guy who learns to play piano and seduce someone. This is a guy who mm. lives half of a normal human life. Yeah. The same day over and over, and that's how long it takes him to get from. So it's not a quick fix, right? That's, that's not how long. <laughs> it, that's how long it takes for him to get that asshole narcissist mm. to get to the person we see at the end who realizes that his life should be in service of other people rather than himself, and that's how he'd be happy. It takes him half of a normal human life to get there, right? Live day after day. So I think that by the time he gets his happy ending, and the beautiful thing is that the spell isn't broken by them sleeping together. Because in a a different, like... I did love that. In a different movie, Mm. that's how it would have happened, right? Mm. But it doesn't. She stays the night and they don't sleep together. Yeah. Like... That was a big point I took away from the And they wake up together. Yeah. And it's about, you know, it's about... And it took 34 years. Like, I mean, 30... Minimum. Like, it has to have taken a minimum... Of 34 years to get to the point for him to be able to do all the things that he is able to do in the movie. So, so funny to think about because, like, when it got to the end and he uh, passed the homeless man and he was like, oh, actually, yeah, maybe I do have some cash on me. And I was like, okay, here we are. We're wrapping up. Like, he's learning yeah. good stuff. I'm like, now I'm like, at the time this morning, I was like, it took you three months to realise you could give the homeless man some money. Yeah. And I'm like, it took you 34 years to realise you've got some spare change for this dude you've passed every day. That's because to me, I'm like, his reaction then of just waking up and be like, oh, I'm free. I'm like, that's not enough. Oh, you need to. He should just wake up and be like, (laughs) 
<laughs> I thought he contained it very well. And I'm like, yeah. he's doing that because Annie McDowell's there. He doesn't want to freak her out. Yeah. And then have to explain this whole story of what he's done for the last 33 <laughs> years. But like, he is, he's holding that shit in. He must yeah. be joyous right now. But, but it's also the, like, I mean, the realisation the night before when he says to her when she's falling asleep. Mm. He said, I don't care if it. Yeah. I wake up again tomorrow and I have to do this all again because now I, you know, like, I mean, that's that's him. where he's got yeah. to. Like, yeah. he's got to that point where he, like, you know, and so I do think that there is, like, it's earned. Like, I mean, I, mm. maybe, like, I mean, it's a movie, so you have to, like, it gets there a little bit. Yeah. You, you, but if you think about it, and I guess this is why it's one of those ones that I like to return to because you do think about that idea of, like, they play the deaths a little bit for laughs and stuff, you know, but. Yeah. But if you really think about what they're saying, is, there were days when he yeah, got up and he was just like, I want to kill myself. And yeah. like you said, there would have been days when he didn't want to get out of bed. And then even the days when you're learning the piano, right? Oh, like yeah. even if you every day like go for a piano lesson, that's like, like. It's so easy to get thought, like stuck in a wormhole mm. in your brain about the logistics of it all. Because I was really stuck on the logistics of him learning the piano. I mean, like, so he has to introduce himself to mm. this woman every, every day. day pick up halfway through a song and be like, okay, I'm halfway through learning this song. Like, mm. she, like what a great piano teacher to be able yeah. to teach him from scratch. <laughs> and the more that he adds to his schedule, mm. because it's like the thing yeah, at the end where you're got- starting to see where he goes around town and he's helping Saving everybody. Saving everyone's lives. Like, it's played in the movie, like, here's one day. You get to see it in one day. But what you don't see is the years it. that yeah. it took to learn like you what catch, happened to the queen the, the tree out of the, before he? Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, and you catch, the kid out of the tree, you catch the kid out of the tree. You catch the kid out of the tree that day, but, but you can't. How'd you learn? learn you don't learn the that the guy choke, chokes on his steak, mm. like until the guy chokes on the steak and dies one time. Yeah, it's like you know, it's like him trying to save the life of the old homeless guy when he suddenly gets he invested in it, and yeah. he's just like, "How can I do this?" Like. To get your entire day the way he has, you know, when he says, I've got to go and do my errands. Because that's the other thing at the end. Like, it oh, is like, his right? Errands. He's like, I've got to go and do my errands. Oh, yeah. And cute. she's like, What errands do you have? He has an entire day <laughs> full, of, full of things to he's do. He's got a huge to do. So to-do imagine, list. and he's not just doing them all that day. Yeah. You imagine that every day he's been adding. Something what, like something list. or every whether like he, so, but he still has to go and catch the kid every day. But he can't you know have I mean? a list. He can't write it down <gasps> right. because then it's he all in his head. <laughs> he's just, oh yeah. my god! I, I would die with that for thousands of years. Right. I couldn't do it. No, and think about the days when out. he didn't get there for the kid. Like he was yeah. two seconds t- too late <gasps> or whatever. And that's your day it's when dark. you've got like a dead kid in front of you. Yeah. Oh my god! And you're like, okay, well, got to get here a bit earlier tomorrow. Guys. Yeah. Sorry, I woke I up hope late. This is, I hope this isn't the day where I – because eventually there <laughs> would be those things where you're like, I hope, like, I hear I got you, babe, tomorrow morning. Like, Yeah, you know, because today was really bad. I don't yeah. want this to be reality. Yeah, this, for, yeah for hope whatever this isn't the today. one, right? Yeah. I was thinking that too. Because then like I'm you, haunted forever about – Not saving that kid. Not or, saving that kid that yeah. day. It's dark. Like, this could yeah. so easily have been a dark reboot. They mm. should do a gritty reboot of Groundhog Day because it, it's so easily Is there dark. a Groundhog Day 2? No. Oh, Surely not. Good. <laughs> but so or many, maybe they're all Groundhog yeah. Day 2. <laughs> but this is, I mean, and again, I think that part of it is that they, like, I mean, he does some disgusting things mm. early on, right? Mm. Like, not just, like, I mean, you know, some of it's, like, self-destructive and some of it's, like, destructive on other people. I think that it's real. That's why I like about it. Like mm. you go, this mm. character, and maybe even all of us, even if we think we're 
nice people. Oh, absolutely. You think there'd be a while where you'd be like, oh, well, I'm trapped in this fucking day. Like, I'm, mm. it's not, you know, it doesn't count. So right. I'll do whatever I want. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And like, even in a moral sense, right? Mm. You're like, mm. does it really matter if I like trick this person into sleeping with me? Mm. Because yeah. tomorrow, I won't have. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, you know, so you kind of like, I can understand the moral relative, like of going, I can eat all this stuff. I can like yeah. do all these things that have disregard to other people's lives and safety because it's not actually real. Mm. Yeah. I'd have to but, dip my toe in and do like a yeah. couple of bad things yeah. and yeah. make sure that that wasn't the thing that like tipped it back, back to the reality. <laughs> no, it's tough if that's the day when it's like, ah, yeah. all right, well, you're going to have to live with the consequences of those actions. <laughs> yeah. I truly have to be like, mm. I've given up hope. Yeah. And now I'm going to do all the fucked stuff. What's the first thing you would do once you realise you're in this? Mine would be food. Yeah. The food <laughs> yeah. thing's really That's real, so isn't enticing. it? That, when he's like smoking the cigarette at the table oh. with that plate full of food, oh, I'm just like. I would start like, smoking again. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I, would, I would definitely I would take up cigarettes again in a heartbeat. Is it crazy that I'm like, I would try heroin? <laughs> I would totally yeah. try heroin. Well, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right? Like, yeah. Hopefully that's not the one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that like, was the thing. The, the whatever deity is making you do this is like, we we actually needed you to be on heroin. We needed to correct the path You're to make sure Hitler 2 didn't happen and it was you on heroin. <laughs> You went real dudes, you yeah. like pattern in there. Oh, I have a question. So this is like kind of this movie, I guess, suggests that it's like the ultimate therapy to correct narcissism. If you could pick one person in the world to trap in a Groundhog Day, who would it be? Ooh. Oh, that's a good question. You can pick yourself as well. Okay, well, at the moment, the first name that pops into my head because it's everywhere is Elon Musk. Oh, oh, did you delete your Twitter account? I did. Oh, because I went to message you today. I'm like, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I would, look, it wasn't entirely Elon this Musk related. That's fine. No, no, I'm happy for it. I mean, you know, people won't find it when That's they look true. for me. So, um, Breaking it, news. it's a public thing. No, I was, I'm getting off all social media anyway. Oh, I've, I've been in the process here. of it for a while. Oh, um, well done. It takes a while, as you know, to, yeah. Because I'm still going to get, um, my, you know, management to, plug shit and whatever, yeah. like, you know, put stuff up there. Mm. And, you know, I still make content to be broadcast there. Like, you know, I, I mean, with the podcast and all those things. But mm. I just want to concentrate more on making things rather than mm. like, you know, and making things in my own space in the way that I want to make them rather than making things for these huge social media companies, right? Yes. Like, and for their benefit. And mm. if, well, if I can use them to promote something that, I like making myself, then that's fine. Mm. But this world where you have to go into their world and like, you know, mm. kind of Fuck, enhance so their ecosystem and deal with that. I just, it hasn't been pleasing to me for a very long time. And so I have been in the process of getting off it all for a while, yeah. but obviously it kind of helped that the one that I'd always enjoyed the most, you know, <laughs> Elon came in and really fucked it up. And then yeah. I was like, thank you for that. It's actually kind of made it a little easier. To, Absolutely. I'm yeah. devastated. I was literally talking to my partner about yeah. this last night. I'm like, everyone's leaving Twitter mm. and Twitter's my favourite one. Yeah. It's like, apart from Facebook, my first one. It's how I've met so many friends, how I've got so many it's how we met each yeah. other. Literally, oh, my God, it's how we met each other. We met because Dave Anthony retweeted mm. Beck. Six years ago, and I was like, "That's funny, who this bitch?" <laughs> yeah, no, there was definitely there was definitely part of me friends. that's like, you know, this great friendships forged there, and I've had great times there, and I was there really early on too, like you yeah. know when it was first started, and it was really fun. Um, it was so fun, but it does feel like because I've wanted to break up with it for ages. It feels mm. like you know when you're like 
in a bad relationship and then eventually your partner cheats on you and you're like, oh, thank oh, God. I actually yes, wanted God. this to be over, but uh, I didn't want to be the bad guy. Yeah, and you get to put your hands on your hips and be like, how dare yeah, you? Yeah, I'm out of here. Yeah, you ruined this. <laughs> yeah, and I've had that with Twitter. A lot of people going, oh, good on you. You've made a statement. Yeah. I was like, I was leaving anyway. I've had my suitcases packed for months. Yeah. <laughs> and then Elon came in and just made it all so seamless. Thanks, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, great. No, good yeah. to know. Fuck yeah. Okay, so you're Elon Musk? Sure, yeah. That's nice. good. I think he'd have, yeah, he'd, he'd go insane within two days, I think. Yeah. In that situation. What about you? Yeah. Oh, I mean, the first, oh, again, this is, a, I dread someone listening to this in two years and being like, oh, but Kanye West, actually, no, Kanye wouldn't learn uh, anything. Kanye, I think, no. is so far down the rabbit yeah, hole. He's way more far gone than uh, Bill Murray. I mean, I reckon Xi Jinping, perhaps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have some fun. Yeah, why not? I know this will sound like a really, really fucked up thing to say, but um, I, I, I am interested. I would like to do it. Ah. Not, not, not because I think you know necessarily that like I am you know a particularly narcissistic mm. person who needs to go on this journey. But I think that we all are in a sure. way, oh, right? Absolutely. That's the whole point of the movie. Is like. I mean, we're three people that talk about ourselves for a living. We can't be like, no, not us. And that process of altruistic. (laughs) That process of like an opportunity for self-examination in that sort of controlled environment. Like, Mm. I'd just like to know how I would deal with that, how I would react in that circumstance. Mm. Like, I am. It's like reality TV shows. I don't want to go on one. Yeah. But I'd like to know what I'd be like on one. Like if there was, you know what I mean? Like if I could go on Survivor, if I could go on like Big Brother or whatever, I'd like to just know how I would react. I'm never going to. No. But I would like to know... Yeah, what the I power would be of like a rose in ceremony. That yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would give us all the money in the world to be like Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Bachelor producers, if you're listening, <laughs> if you're willing to take on someone in a yeah. long-term committed relationship, it's like a twist yeah. for the new yeah. season. <laughs> yeah, can you win? The, I mean, that can is a good actually. one. Where like they're currently in a relationship. Can you make yeah. them cheat? Can you? <laughs> oh my god, that's next year. Like yes. that's gotta be on upfront oh, soon. Come on, Missy Joshua. I'm gonna be like, mate, we've got a new idea. <laughs> the, the Bachelorette is already in a relationship, but yeah. we just get a group of other people to see if we can get it achieved. Oh my god. <laughs> I'd fucking watch that. I would watch that so hard. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You were saying about just how the storytelling is so good and everything. I completely agree with that. I was so shocked at how quickly they were able to tell his journey, like how quickly Harold Ramis did that. And I literally wrote, and I agree with you, I said a lesser director would have made this movie like three hours long, like to get through that journey. How long is this movie? An hour 40. (laughs) Like, okay. I, ha- I have also significantly fewer notes years. now. 
<laughs> but you're right. The, the, Showing his journey, like yeah. it, it really hit me when we got to the part where he's watching Jeopardy with mm. the old people, and because he's just mm. at the at his wit's end. And I was like, wow, we got here so quick. We're only like an hour into mm. this movie, and I believe his journey mm. that he's gone through. I don't think we've skipped anything. Just the storytelling, the way he combined everything so quickly into montages, and then all of a sudden, yeah, he's just fucking over it. I thought it was just so well done by Harold Ramis. Um, I was just definitely like real, like when he was going through his committing suicide chunk (laughs) bit. um, I was, oh, that's what we were saying because it, it's that moral conundrum of like, do I do bad things because these people won't know about it tomorrow? It's not real. It resets. I was definitely thinking that during his committing suicides, I was like, he's creating so much trauma for all these people who see him jump off a mm. building, the truck driver who runs him over because he jumped out in front. But then it's that moral thing of like, well, do I create and give them this trauma for the rest of today? And then it mm. resets just so I can feel something. It's, it was very interesting. I found it very fascinating. Yeah, and I, you know, the other thing I like in the storytelling is that, I, and I, I, I'm surprised by this every time that I watch the film, is because it just wouldn't, like modern storytellers wouldn't do this. They let him realise immediately what's happening. Yeah. Do you know, like, not Thank like God. in yes. modern, like, yes. things, it's all like, I wonder what, so, so weird, what I mean. what's going on? And it, they'd take like 15 like, minutes. Tarantino we're all, like, would spend just an hour get, on that. Like, you know? he, like, first day in, he's like, hang on, I think I'm yeah. trapped in the same day. Like, mm. you know, this is the same day. Like, there isn't that, I mean, there is an element of what's going on and are people playing a trick on me and whatever. But, but by day it, two, very he's quickly, onto it. he yeah. understands, mm. no, this is at least what feels like it's happening. And mm. I think that is also excellent storytelling because totally. you just don't need all that. We all know it's, yeah. it's got to get to that other bit anyway like that, and that other bit's more interesting. Yeah, Ooh. he got to the interesting yeah. part so quickly. I read that the original screenplay, uh, guy, the guy who wrote the screenplay, wanted it to start while he's already in the loop mm. and then they'd have to catch oh. the audience up and how Ramos was like, no, we need an establishing thing. But, yeah, he got it done in like ten minutes. Yeah. He's so good. And, but- I mean, even the what I love is his arrogance about the storm's not going to come. Like, you, so you've got this character, mm. you get this weatherman, he's got greater ambitions, like, you know, he feels stuck in this job that he doesn't have. You Like, all that stuff you immediately get about him. He's been sent to this small town to this assignment that he doesn't, rate or value yeah you know he is arrogant about the fact that there's not going to be a storm so all the things that are necessary to the story Mm. like again like Mm. in some other like storytellers hands there'd be a storm that came in but you wouldn't have got like all the things that you need to know him also relate to the thing that needs to happen to keep him in the town yeah like you know there's not wasted yeah storytelling even Mm. the fact that he has the same name as the groundhog obviously they only referenced that early on but yeah there's clearly meant to be you know you're meant to go yeah like Mm. the groundhog's here but he is also trapped in groundhog day Mm. and you know like the fact that the place is called gobbler's knob is hilarious come on guys like you can't go past that i mean as much as like (laughs) i'm so glad you brought it up because i was like i just heard my mum's voice being like rebecca it's will anderson (laughs) don't bring up all all of the cock jokes, please. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because you go to small towns and they have ridiculous yeah, names for things. And you're like, did virgins name everything in this yeah. town or what is going on here? <laughs> and it does have that, you know, it is ridiculous. Of course it's ridiculous. But this is the whole point of small towns. They have these 
events mm -hmm. because you're living in a small town and these are the things that you put in your calendar to make things mm. like part of, you know, it's pageantry. It does mean yeah. nothing. But, like, it's it's interesting to me because I think these things are signifiers of time. One of the things that we've lost a lot in the pandemic years is the idea of time signifiers. Mm. You know how time sometimes you just, like, you can't remember if something happened in February or last week? Yes. Like, you know, like sometimes, mm. like, a day feels like a month and sometimes a month feels like a day at the mm. moment. And a lot of that was because we had these signposts in our lives like, you know, for comedians, it was festivals, festivals and gigs yeah. and these sort of things, or the amount of time even we're on stage. Yeah. I don't know if you lost that yeah. ability to be able no to idea. sense. Like, you know, before you'd be like, oh, seven minutes. I know what seven minutes is, bang. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. like, after a while, you're like, I just don't can't quite tell in the same way as I used to mm. how long I've been yeah. talking. Someone's running at the stage with a light being like, right. yeah. For people, you know, it used to be going to work or going mm. to school or graduation day or these sports events or mm. the, you know, transition from summer to, like, you know, like these sort of things, they all had like these key moments that are signifiers of time, right? Mm. And this whole like premise of this movie is about this idea that like, you know, how much more winter are we going to have? Like we've just got yeah. this like mm. day we do, February 2nd every year, Groundhog Day, where we get this little, like it's just, yeah. it's just a thing. It it's, doesn't actually mean anything. It's it just a thing. It doesn't mean anything like repetition, yeah. deja vu, nothing. Right. As us, we just need these signifiers of time mm. in our yeah. life. And so this is obviously like a, a time travel movie of type in that he's reliving the same day over and over and over again. And um, I, th I think that's a really like fascinating thing because all these things, they don't really, I mean, as we learned in the pandemic, none of them need to exist. Yeah. So yeah. often the things that we celebrate and the times we celebrate them and the way we celebrate them are just for the sake of it for, yeah, and they yeah, can go away. Mm. But and when they so do important. go away, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I, I think about those kids who, you know, didn't get their graduation or didn't get their like O week or whatever it might be that are yeah. those, those things mm. are important. Mm. And we were at, remember at the start of the pandemic, they were like, oh, they'll get to have it. We'll have it like in six months when yeah. the pandemic's right. over. Yeah, we'll just push back, push back, push back. <laughs> I remember when they cancelled Melbourne Comedy Festival yeah. and I was like, oh, they'll just probably do it in November or right. something. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> well, they're they being were. so they're dramatic. That's oh, what like, happened. That's right. So yeah. originally, because for me, like you, you two are young, but I would have been Melbourne, April 2020 would have been 25 years in a row at the <gasps> Melbourne Comedy Festival for me. Oh, that was your 25th anniversary. Yeah, which would have meant that my comedy career was so old it could not date Leonardo DiCaprio. Ah. So, uh, <laughs> but Valet. it's, for me, that is such a signifier. If you think about that, that's more than half of my life yeah. had been spent knowing that every April... I would be at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. 25 years. Right. Yeah, fuck. Right? Yeah. Like a quarter of a century. That's the a exact same thing. Big routine. Yeah. Every year. You take it away and then suddenly you're like, oh, my sense of time feels weird yeah. because yeah. that thing that I know, that like my 12 o'clock, mm, mm. you know, is gone. Yeah. It's, yeah, anyway. It's, it's very, I remember like just socially so many things that I didn't think were important all of a sudden, like now how like audience, like, audiences coming out of the pandemic I was like oh mm. it's like you have to go to live events regularly to know how to be a, behave at them and yeah, be, be and an interact and, and you know yeah. be present and stuff which is why I nearly got murdered at spin-off festival in Adelaide I'll never true, forget true. I'll never forget that you guys <laughs> wanted to kill me I'm not mad I'm basically there was 
a bunch of teenagers. It was their first concert outside of lockdown, uh-huh. and I was booked to MC. You don't need an MC at a music festival. No. What were I doing there? And they all screamed at me to kill myself. And so I'm not <laughs> wow. mad at them. It was a circumstance, but also yeah. Yeah. you suck, teenagers. But, yeah, not well. So, so I was at um, Falls Festival one year with. Um, uh, watching uh, the comedy, I wasn't on, but uh, the comedy in the band before the comedy had run really late. So by the time the comedy got on, Licky Lee was meant to be on. Mm-hmm. So the entire oh. tent was full of people who were there to see Licky oh, Lee. No, and, uh, not, uh, not, uh, not Licky Lee, mate, as no. it turns out, who was the person who was on stage. Oh. And they were like, I mean, horrible. But it was one of those things where you're like, well, they're here to see someone else. There's yeah. something on that they did not come to see. I do understand. Mm. But also at the same time, don't blame the person who's – it's not on like – yeah. It's not like Danny McGinley pushed Licky Lee out of the way. Yeah, he said, elbowed his way onto stage. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I just worked with Danny McGinley. Um, <laughs> So, you guys, that was part one of our chat to Will Anderson. And like we said at the beginning of the app, if you'd like to hear part two, head to Gold Class right now or hang around till next week on the main feed. Yes, where he – look, I mean, I don't mean to tease, I don't mean to tease, <gasps> but he tells us the craziest story – well, not the craziest story about Quentin Tarantino, a first-hand encounter with Quentin Tarantino. An IRL Tarantino story. You've heard it here first. This is very exciting here at Dude Cinema. So head over to Gold Class right now. That's on Patreon. Apple or Spotify. Uh, If not, we'll see you next week. All right, bye.